Hi, this is Jen, and this is the Let's Chat Paranormal Podcast. Uh, I am here with my brother, Eric, and my boyfriend, Jesse. Say hi, guys. What's going on? How's it going? All right. We are here to talk about our ur- our favorite urban legends um, today. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I believe this is going to be our 35th episode. Last week, I was like, oh, it's going to be our 33rd. And then when I was uploading it, I was like, oh, it's our 34th. Oops. So <laughs> it's actually our 35th episode. <laughs> hey, no harm, no foul. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, hopefully you just keep on coming, right? There's, yeah. There's a ghost episode out there, I guess. It's yeah. Just, oh, that's the that's the the Winchester house. It's oh just yeah, that's out true. There. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, let's uh, cover our bases. Nobody uh, knows it's been archived for how uh, how graphic <laughs> it's. It <is. laughs> um, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram. Both of them are Let's Chat Paranormal. Uh, you can send in your stories for us to read on the podcast at letschatparanormal at gmail.com. And we actually have one of those submissions today that we're going to be reading. Yes. Yay. Thank you. Yes. Um, you can uh, find us on, I or what is it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever else you guys are, are listening because I don't know where this other is from. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, and I think that is really the, the oh, wait, no, we're going to be out at our first event uh, for San Antonio Paranormal Fest. If Let's, everything goes yeah, properly. Yeah, if it doesn't get canceled. I hope it doesn't no, because. Yeah, but no, don't hopefully, say yeah. it. Hopefully we're out. I'm just saying, just in case. Yeah, guys. last year it got canceled. Um, but so that is supposed to be on September 18th. Uh, that's a Saturday. It's going to be from 6 to 11, and it's going to be at Victoria's Black Swan Inn. Me and Eric will be there, so uh, we hope to see you guys there. Uh, we'll have some goodies and some merch for y'all to yeah. take home. Yeah, if y'all haven't <clears> seen, <throat> I, I really hope my sister makes a print out of the artwork that went with the Mothman episode, because that is such a great, great piece. It's so good. I don't want to promise anything, but I'm going to try to make custom artwork for each episode. So I don't want to like give myself too much to do, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. She draws it and I have the crayons to color it in sometimes. (laughs) So sometimes I go outside the edges and it just ruins it. (laughs) It's a different style. How about that? Yeah. A different style. But um, <clears throat> I and think yeah, I really hope COVID doesn't screw this up. You know, I want to be bathed in the goth ladies and oh gosh, their sunscreen. And- <laughs> well, it's gonna be from six to eleven. Hopefully, it's not like fucking not hellishly hot. People. <laughs> <laughs> you have the option of going. Don't pretend. Um, but any hoosers. Um, okay, so guys, any creepy updates? Uh, no, I don't have a creepy update for you today. Jesus? I actually do have okay. a creepy oh, update. It actually right. happened uh, today. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear about this creepy update. Well, I guess it would, I would say it was a, a combination of today and Friday. Okay. So I'll, I'll kind of run through it really quickly because um, so Friday I'm, you know, doing a delivery for my work and it sent me to the outskirts of Bernie and, uh, you know, I'm, it's like my last run. So I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm just trying to get home, you know, have that beer and relax. So I pull up to this house and, um, I see these two older, uh, Mexican women, of course, uh, chilling, you know, tending to their, you know, little garden or whatever. They see my van pull up and they, you know, they don't think too much of it. But as soon as I 
exit my van and start, you know, gathering my things, they look at me like kind of crazy and they're okay. kind of like fumbling around and they head back in the house. And I'm thinking, okay, probably there's a mess in there or it's my tattoos or something. So I'm taking my time and finally I start making my way through, you know, the field going into their little town country house and uh, the lady in broken English is telling me to wait to stay there where I'm at okay and I'm looking at her like okay like I'm literally just gonna go do you want to do this out here and she's kind of like nodding her head like yeah just wait there and uh, the other lady comes out in a scramble with a bowl full of water what the hell and limes and she starts splashing them all around. And I'm telling her, like, you know, what company I'm from and what I'm here to deliver to kind of reiterate, like, it's official. Like, you know, like, don't let the tattoos fool you. Like, look at my badge. Look at my uniform and whatnot. So, right, right. Um, in Spanish, the lady says, is it still on him? What the hell? And I don't know if I'm saying it right. Or if I'm butchering it, because I heard it really quickly, and it's a word that I didn't understand, and I pride myself in knowing, you know, my dialect's words, and it's yeah. like a Nayali or Nahali. Okay. And I was like... Man, I'd have to look that up or yeah. look into that. So I was like, okay. And I'm, I'm thinking they're calling me stupid or something, right? <laughs> so she's splashing it, and I'm just like, okay, like, they probably think I stink or something. So she's just telling me to wait, and then the other lady, like, she says, no, it was probably... And I don't remember the name of it. It was probably that. But it's gone now. Oh, shit. And she's looking around and she splashes all stuff. And she's like waving me. And she's like, okay. And like, I'm there. And I'm explaining to them. And they're nodding their heads at me. And I'm like, so do you need this switched out? And like, I go, do you want me to go inside and set it up? And they're like, no, no, no. And she's like, telling them, like, don't let them inside her house. Oh, shit. <laughs> In Spanish. And uh, I finally... Like, you know, I've had enough of this. I'm going to show them I speak Spanish. Because usually I try not to because I know if they've been talking, and you know, I don't want to embarrass them. So I start talking in Spanish. I go, is there anything that I can do? And they looked at me and they're like, oh, you're such a nice young man. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> sir. We're pretty much done. Thank you, though. Uh, God bless you. And we're sorry. And huh. I was like, mm. and she goes, uh, just be safe, okay? And I'm like. They're saying it in Spanish, but they're saying it kind of condescendingly, like, please, like, you're fucked, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> oh, shit. And then I'm looking at them like, okay, so I'm very flabbergasted by this. So I go into my van and finish up my paperwork and I call my mother and I'm like, hey, uh, mom, do you know this word? And she's like, no, surprisingly, I don't. <laughs> and she goes, but that sounds like that's in a different region of Mexico. Yeah. Uh, she goes, let me give a call to my uh, my friend who's from that uh, area, you know, Chihuahua, Sonora area. Yeah. She goes, and I'll give you a call back whenever, you know, I do get a call back. I can't promise you'll be today. I said, that's fine. So I take off. I'm driving. I end up back in San Antonio. I'm dropping off. I get a phone call from my mom. And I'm like, okay. I answer it. And I go, uh, what's up? She's all, it's a witch. Oh, shit. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, it's a turn of the century witch witch. Uh, Brought, brought off by the turn of the century Mexican Revolution. Oh, she was shit. one of like the worst uh, witches out there. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, she's basically like what might have been the archetype for the Llorona oh. that led into that. And I go, how come I've never heard of that? She goes, I don't know. I've never. She's the one that was telling me about it. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, okay. So I was like, well, and she's like, well, you know, uh, call her so she can explain it to you. So yeah, I call her yeah. friend and she's like, oh, hey, like, you know, like, yeah, that's what it is. She goes, but that's probably not what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I go, what do you mean? She goes, it's evolved so much that it's probably like the slang to something that was out there. Oh, okay. I get what you mean. And uh, she's like, and that other thing, that's a very mal- uh, malevolent spirit that uses your fears to ensnare you she goes and you can't ever get rid of them though until you get like uh cleansed with the whole getting buried and oh, shit. whatever stuff and i was like oh what was that that's well, a cleansing <laughs> well, it, i think it's supposed to like signify or like, oh like a the, rebirth I, yeah a okay. death yeah because they, they want you to die so you essentially die for them and then Gosh. they can leave you alone but yeah and i was like thanks for letting me know that <laughs> <laughs> oh shit and uh the this morning of course i awakened to a dream that i had which is a very odd dream uh i'm always in like i've explained to before here in our chats in a house that's haunted but this time it was uh gentrified (laughs) what what (laughs) is there like starbucks here or something it was all gentrified like it had new, new tiling and i kept going like this is the house, but what's wrong with it? Okay. And this one thing that was going throughout uh, kept shape-shifting to tr- try to, like, trick me into going into this one area that was, like, okay. really gentrified, like, with tile and, like... <laughs> and I was like, this is... like Usually when I'm in that area, it's a dirt floor with a bunch of holes in the ground, <clears throat> wood, dilapidated stuff. And I was like, what's going on? Like, even my... Is my, my haunted place <laughs> suffering from gentrification too? <laughs> Uh, so yeah it was just a really odd experience it wasn't so much scary as i felt like they were trying to put that impending doom yeah, on me but yeah. i was just so caught off guard by yeah, the gentrification yeah. of it like of tiling trim uh inside <laughs> lights that yeah, i was just like inside panels. lights yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think they was, they do not live in a cave, people. Please, <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you evil spirits really just going for a facelift? Like, <laughs> going green. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 was mine. In cool. A nutshell. Very cool. Interesting. Okay, so I have a quick question about that though. So this the ladies that were like splashing around limes and water like were they cut up limes or were they just like whole ass limes <laughs> they were throwing whole limes at you well, is that what you're they asking were, they yeah. were they were whole limes but they were very small oh, oh okay. like the key and, limes uh, yes uh, okay and the bowl wasn't water it looked like water but it looked like it had been tinged by a few ingredients it was almost like a caramel-esque kind of color interesting and i could see a couple of cinnamon sticks in there oh. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but i don't know why. i wasn't allowed to get so close to them so you gotta yeah, understand yeah uh in my job when people tell me to stop you know where i'm at yeah i tend to stop because i don't know if they're feeling uh in you know like attacked or something so i kind of have to listen to their commands yeah until yeah. they tell me otherwise and i have to explain myself so i want to say i was about a good 10 feet to 12 feet away from them maybe yeah. even 15 dang uh where they told me to stop until they finished doing all doing, that yeah, and yeah, i was allowed ritual. to be within about six to seven feet away from them dang huh. and i was only allowed to show them with my hands place it and they didn't touch any of the stuff oh shit until, until they wiped it down I probably left. yes wow. wow 
I don't crazy. know why I was like imagining like a big ass tamale bowl, like you know how you make the masa, oh, and like them just like no, it, it's, <laughs> swishing around. I'm gonna say it looked like a Bill Miller's tea. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> plastic thing. See, you're. It, they looked really indigenous to their region. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they had the the dress with the apron and the. the they look like an abuela. Yeah, like a yeah, like literally, that's what they look like. So I felt like. I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, my abuela like me. Like, <laughs> this fucking. Awesome. Throw crayons at me. I felt like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire when she throws that fruit. <laughs> it's like a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, right. Awesome. Okay. Well, I have no creepy updates this week. Um, so I think we are ready for our user submission, right? Yes. Yes. I'm excited for this. Me too. So I am going to read it. I'm not going to, to, uh, read the subject line, whatever, and I'm not going to read any last names. So, um. Are we waiting for you to finish reading it completely and then kind of ask um, questions or how are we? I would say just wait to, to finish. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. All right. All right, so this is uh, from Crystal. Thank you so much, Crystal, for submitting your you. uh, your stories to us. Uh, it's Crystal and her husband. Oh yes, so, yeah. So thank, thank you guys both. both. You and guys like, are amazing. They're they're like original listeners. They're, yeah, they're like you know what they say. OGs. They're the, OGs. The couple that uh, get spooked and pooped together. Oh my god. <laughs> <Stay> together. <laughs> they're a part of the a spooky family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like they'll we'll make a shirt for them. We'll, one of them will say spook, the other one will say poop. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, they take turns. <laughs> awesome. Right. Okay, guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and start. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Crystal, but I go by Chris, and I have been listening to your podcast since last year, and I have been hooked to it. I wanted to get on your podcast last year, but with the pandemic, I knew it was impossible to actually set up anything. But when you had mentioned to send stories through email, I thought, hey, what the heck? So here it goes. When I was about a year old, my mom and dad had purchased a home on Hawaiian Cove near 410 and Old Pearsall Road. I had never experienced anything unusual until when I was in middle school. I had experienced a lot of emotional abuse from my dad and saw a lot of arguments between him and my mom. Because of that, my dad would go to the bars on the weekend and wouldn't return till late at night. It was then that I started to notice things. The bedroom where my mom and dad had stayed was in the back and was the darkest room out of the whole house. I would notice that my mom would keep the door closed to the room even when my dad wasn't home. I didn't understand why and would ask her why she kept the door closed. She would tell me she felt a bad vibe every time she passed through there when she needed to go into the restroom. At that time, I didn't know what she meant by having a bad vibe, but one day when I was home with one of my older sisters, I went to the restroom by my mom and dad's room to brush my teeth. I left the restroom door open, and their door to the room was also open. While I was brushing my teeth, I felt as if someone was looking at me, and I would constantly keep looking at their room to see if anyone was there. But of course, nothing. My dad wasn't home, and my mom had gone with my older sister to the store. I thought maybe my sister, was, who was at home with me, was trying to scare me, but she was in the living room the whole time. 
Because of that feeling, I closed the door. After that, I felt a little relief and didn't feel as scared. But the feeling of being watched while passing by that room kept reoccurring. I even asked my sister if she felt the same way and she said yes. She felt scared and would get a chill sometimes, so she would also close the door to my parents' room. After so many times of feeling that way, I understood why my mom kept the door shut. I honestly don't know if it had something to do with where my dad would hang out that had very bad energy and just happened to follow him home, or maybe the house just had history that we never found out about. Not only did the feeling of being watched happen in that particular room in that house, because of my mom and dad fighting constantly, she couldn't stand staying in the same room as my dad, so she would sleep in mine and my sister's room. One morning, she woke up early before everyone else did and went to the restroom by where her room was. My dad usually kept the door closed when he was sleeping, but that particular morning, the door was open. While my mom was washing her face, she looked toward the room through the mirror where she said she saw an older woman looking over my dad crying. What the fuck? I'm sorry. I haven't read this through. That's so creepy. <laughs> okay. However, there was no one else in the house but us, her and my dad. She said that when she, was, when she walked closer, the older lady looked at her with tears running down her face and then disappeared. She got the chills and felt somber after seeing that lady. Now till this day, she isn't certain on what or who it was, but she had a gut feeling that it was my grandma, my dad's mom. From what she remembered, she described seeing the figure with short hair and had the same eyes as my dad. However, we never met my grandma because she passed away from cancer when my dad was about eight or nine years old, so we only knew know what she looked like through photographs. I firmly believe in spirits and that our loved ones who passed on still linger to protect us in some way. My mom also had an occurrence at the same house that left her speechless. My sisters were younger and had an imaginary friend. My mom was making dinner in the kitchen. While my sister and their friend were doing homework and playing at the table, my mom told my sisters that dinner was ready and needed to wash their hands. So my sisters asked my mom if their friend could eat dinner too. My mom, feeling somewhat amused and annoyed at the same time, told my sisters to tell their friend that they had to wash their hands too. My sisters said, <laughs> Okay, come on, Tia Norma, let's wash our hands. Oh, shit. As soon as my mom heard that, she froze, turned around, and said, What? What did you say your friend's name is? Again, my sister said, Tia Norma. My mom had a sister named Norma who passed away a year before my older sister was born. So just like my grandma, we never knew my Tia Norma. We only knew her through pictures and stories. My sisters wouldn't know how she looked like, and who she really was because after that occurrence, that's when we learned about our Tia Norma. After that day, their imaginary friend Tia Norma disappeared and never came back. My mom always wondered if she hadn't asked who their friend's name was, if Tia Norma would still be around, playing with my sisters, 
something she didn't get to do because of her untimely death. Now this next story is what my husband has been experiencing for some time now, and it only not only affected him, but me as well. So I'll let him tell you his experiences. So I just want to stop there. Okay. What are our thoughts on that first uh, experience from Crystal? So immediately, the, the first thing that drew me into the story was her location. Yeah. And that is a very, very old area of San Antonio. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure there is plenty of plenty of history well, I in that area. Stayed in that area. Yeah. And, uh, Jesse lived in that area. Oh, yeah? yeah. And my house I stayed at was also haunted as fuck. The, <laughs> the fucking pinnacle of it and i want to say that that's where a lot of the stuff literally got attached to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I mean, that whole area is just well, haunted and, and that's what i was gonna say because uh my my cousin ben used oh, to yeah. live in the area uh-huh. and uh I, and i'm not even joking the only reason i haven't brought it up is because i mean there's people awake at all hours of the time you know day yeah. and night in that area no uh, yeah the, <laughs> there is i'm gonna tell you i, I wasn't in the best of areas you can remember uh-huh. and i wasn't the i wasn't a schoolboy, so <laughs> it was a very fast and loose lifestyle so um uh we would see things and we of course being guys hispanics and you know being in that lifestyle we would kind of just like chop it up to nothing but a lot of people died in mysterious ways oh yeah in that uh uh the ditch the ditch was like a fucking (laughs) void for dead bodies and yeah uh, yeah are you talking about the one that that uh, goes down five palms to to uh, Miller's Pond? Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, funny story. Me, Ben, and one of, or you know, just a friend from that little area, we were walking back from playing basketball one night, and the next morning, we oh well, so walking back, we actually noticed like a really ugly smell, but we just thought because it was the ditch, yeah. right? Like just collect it's water; it's gonna smell, smell yeah. nasty. Uh. The next morning when we woke up for breakfast, uh, they actually found a dead body. So oh, we walked shit. by a dead body. We didn't see it, but we yeah. walked by it. But that was the other thing that I was going to mention is that, like I said, people awake at all hours of the day and mm-hmm. night. Uh, and me and Ben would be too. And we would just be outside and we would see people like walking the street and just suddenly just not we wouldn't witness them disappear. But they weren't there anymore. But they weren't there anymore. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? Like, that's wasn't weird. there just a dude walking that, or a lady walking? Yeah, that, that was one of the, the incidents that we had where um, we had a <coughs> person come and ask us for certain stuff. And we were like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to get some money. And I'm like, turned around, was gone. What the <laughs> And the person that he had gone uh, to, you know, uh, talk to the next day. He died. Oh, shit. Because the way that the police said is that uh, he had the firearm in his pants. He went to go use the restroom and the firearm dropped and ricocheted (gasps) off of the ceramic uh, sink and shot him in the head. Oh, Oh, my God. And this was major bad luck. Like at two in the afternoon the next day. Jesus. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I wonder if there was something already attached to their house 
um, for Possibly. for Possibly. Crystal's house. Yeah, for that one restroom because that just seems because I I definitely believe in like just one specific room having like really bad vibes and just always feeling like you're being watched. Or well, not the restroom, the their parents' room. Right, right. But next to the restroom, I should say, like a concentrated. Yeah, that, focal point. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something I believe in. Um, and then the other thing, um, or well, I just want to say thank you for being so open about uh, your parents' relationship because I do think that when the relationship is that tumultuous, it definitely does add more energy oh, yeah. to like for yeah. to fuel more type of paranormal energy i should say yeah absolutely yeah but also the the lady standing over her dad crying like Uh no that is a big no thank you i would fucking flip out (laughs) if i saw that you know that would be my other question too is uh has she ever really looked into the the history of this time like what Mm. was going on during this time yeah and and i'm I'm not meaning like to tell us but i mean like you know for insight on yourself like maybe there was something incredibly stressful going on in your family life uh outside of what you were personally experiencing but like between your mom and your dad you know that that magnified these these uh negative vibes yeah. to to start you know manifesting some type of uh haunting or or you know something like that yeah or some family drama or maybe something just that your dad had did to make his mom like come and be like standing over him yeah, if, if that was her you know yeah yeah um but yeah that is definitely scary and fucking creepy yeah like, it's really good if i would have saw that i don't think i would be able to like go to bed in the same house again <laughs> you'd be spooked and pooped i would definitely be spooked and pooped um and we've come full circle again yeah but then uh back to tia norma Holy shit. See, Can and, you imagine that? And, and that's why I'm saying because, uh, like, who, who knows what personally was going on within the family mm-hmm. that may have attracted a family member spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, th- I mean, that's two. Yeah. Right. A possible grandmother and then a possible Thea. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there there must have been something that, that possibly led family members back to try to comfort or or uh protect or yeah. you know what i mean or well or communicate. i communicate yeah. yeah communicate yeah i think it's very like sweet though that the anorma came back and that was who she chose to like reveal herself to was one of the children not right, right. not to her own sister or anything but just like i didn't get to like have this time as a tia with my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and whatnot mm-hmm. like i just think that's very sweet and um just what's the word for that it's one of the more comforting sides of the paranormal yeah definitely uh, experience because you know we like to talk about a lot of the darker times and scariness and stuff like that ominous feelings but uh i think there's you know that gives you kind of a quality of like reassurance for stuff oh yeah yeah. and i i've never really believed that like all paranormal stuff has to be negative i'm sure there's there's positive things out there and stuff yeah all yeah, right. Very nice. Very yeah. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Like my sister stated, thank you for being very open. <laughs> I'm sure. I, you I, know. I like that positive part because usually, you know, me as a personal, personally paranormal guy, I like to focus on, you know, the negative aspects of it. But this is that. Yeah. But this is this is a very nice. Yeah. Change. Alrighty. So let's get into Kevin's story. My name is Kevin, and here's a quick backstory. I have also had trouble sleeping. I prefer sleeping when there is daylight than nights. 
I'm not scared of the dark. I'm scared of nuns, but that's a different story. <laughs> or maybe it's a tie-in. Like, that that seems very specific. <laughs> I wonder oh, if you God. did... Well, we'll find out if you went to Catholic school, because I went to Catholic school, <laughs> and my fear for nuns is also... <laughs> From from Catholic school. Yeah. All right. I have been trying I, to figure it out myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the next line. Okay. It's the nuns giving wedgies. That's what terrified oh, yeah. him. Don't listen to the last episode. <laughs> um, anyways, growing up as a Hispanic, we are told about ghosts and hauntings and spirits. After a while, it gets overwhelming. Yes, I am a religious person, and that's usually what I'm asked because of my experiences, so I bring that topic up as it crosses minds. Well, one event that keeps following me started when I was in middle school. We lived on a house on Hortensia Road on the west side, and my family believed it to be haunted. My sister said she would hear things, or things would move around. I would have an attitude about things, and eventually we would move out to another house. Call it co coincidence or just crazy luck. Well, things started happening there too. But this time was something I will never forget, and I believe to have the most impact on what's been going on. So, I was laying down on the couch in the living room, and me being me said something to the extent of, If there are ghosts or whatever here, give me the best you got. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, well, the blanket flew off of me to the floor. I was a little scared, but of course, being a teenager and thinking I'm indestructible said, is that the best you got? And nothing else happened. He fucking punked him out. <laughs> um, I fell asleep later into the night. We were always in and out of houses, so we moved out after a while. I didn't speak much about it, only to my family at that time. I can't remember when I started getting sleep paralysis, but I knew I've had it for a long time. I remember my scariest episode with sleep paralysis was when I was living in an apartment by myself. I was alone, nobody to wake me up, and that was when I remember seeing the lady that has been following me. She was in the... Oh. She was in the closet, just standing there, and when I tried to wake up, I was looking at myself in a third person. I felt myself mumbling, telling myself to wake up, and the all-too-familiar feeling of being unable to move and being held down. I took it as a nightmare and freaked out a bit, but blamed it on freaking out because it was really the first time ever living alone. But yeah, this lady was there just standing there with no movement or anything, just in the shadows. Fast forward a couple of years later, me and my wife are living together in our one-bedroom apartment, and I have this nightmare of the same lady standing in the living room. I look at her, and the lady in black says, Mr. Olveda, and I ask, how do you know who I am? And she comes floating towards me fast, and then I wake up. My wife says I was yelling no several times, and she was shaking me as hard as she could, but I wouldn't wake up. When I finally woke up, I told her that she is back. I told her about the lady who I've dreamt about for years. Pale-faced, dressed in black, and yes, I know it sounds like your typical ghost, but that's what I see. Me thinking I am under stress and been having personal problems might have caused the nightmare. But it's been the same lady for years. 
the same dream, and each time she gets closer and closer. Every apartment, every home. One time, the closet light in our rental home bedroom turned on in front of my wife and kids, and we all freaked out. <laughs> yeah. I investigated it, and it only happened once. My dad said he stopped visiting us at the rental house because he saw a little girl standing in the hallway one night while we were watching TV. Oh, oh my God. I know. That's a big fuck no. You I see, wouldn't visit y'all either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, kids are creepy. I know. Why are kids oh, so creepy? my God. That is... I'm going to have fucking nightmares tonight. I'm just going to say that. Um... I'm like, sure, because I didn't see her and he's scared of anything. I could list more occurrences, but this is the latest major thing that happened. We were staying in Atlanta in a hotel about a month ago and my sleep paralysis decided to kick in. This time the dream is more intense. I handle sleep paralysis this way. First I try to wake up and when I think I'm awake, I'm still dreaming. I feel the weight of holding me down or locked down. Then I say in my nightmare slash dream, not this shit again, and someone tells me, you're awake, and I say, no, I'm still asleep. I feel like I wake up multiple times, each time getting pissed off. The feeling of being held down frustrates me more than scares me now. Still in my nightmare slash dream, I look to the right, and guess who's sitting there? That's right, the same lady just staring at me. But this is the closest she has ever been to me. And she is just there, not saying a word. Just there. I ask, what do you want? Who are you? She says nothing and turns her face away from me. Then I open my eyes and tell my wife to wake up. And I do this to see if I'm still dreaming or awake. While trying to wake her up, I look up to the side and I see someone dressed in black standing by the bed. And I yell, who are you? What the fuck do you want? And I'm trying to wake up my wife and I yell, there's someone standing there beside you. I'm scared because it's someone standing and putting their hand out and I feel defenseless laying there. I get out of bed real quick and I walk towards it. I thought this was all a dream until my wife turned on the light and I'm standing there pointing in the direction of where the lady was standing. Oh, shit. I know. I feel the frustration and fear running through me and I'm breathing heavily. This lady has never come outside of my dream until that day. Ooh. I would just explain it as a reoccurring nightmare of some darkness in my life, but that night changed the way I think of her. I feel with the new occurrence that things might get more intense in the future, but I just wait for that to happen. I don't feel like I can get rid of this lady, and I don't understand why she keeps showing up in my dreams. One day I will know, or hope to know, but until then, I just wait for my sleep paralysis to happen and for her to show up again. Whenever I hear that guy want that guys want the girl of their dreams, I don't think this is what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, this is the girl of my dreams, and it's been a terrifying and frustrating part of my life. Okay, and that is it. And uh, let me see. At the end, thank you again for letting me share these stories with you all. I have more stories that I'm willing to share, but these are the ones that stick out the most to me and my husband. If you have any questions about our stories, feel free to email us 
Thanks again for your podcast. Can't wait for your next episode. <laughs> Deuces. Awesome. Yeah. Holy uh, shit, yeah. Kevin. Uh, sleep yeah. paralysis, man. That's uh, something I can relate to very well. Um, yeah. So I, I think this may be a misdiagnosis. I think this is OBE. I think he is experiencing out-of-body experiences. Uh, Well, I was going to jump into it because this is something that I went through for a good portion of years. Right. Until I handled the problem. Um, Handled the problem? (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, um, I guess it was the fancy word for it is uh, sleep paralysis. Okay. Which, uh, <laughs> it gives you that comfort for it. But when, uh, I don't know if we have a lot of Hispanic or Mexican listeners out there, but it's called Cuando Se Te Sube El Muerto. Okay. Okay. And that's, uh, basic, and it's a thing. Whenever you say that to anybody that's Mexican, uh, and you tell them, oh shit, like something, and they're like, oh, Se Te Sube El Muerto. Mm-hmm. That what means that mean? a, a dead person. Has attached themselves to you. Okay. Okay. And uh, usually that means that a you did something to taunt the, the spirits that were out there. Oh, makes sense. In, in context, he, because yes. he did taunt them. <laughs> and uh, of course, the archetypical Mexican thing you played with the Ouija board. Oh. Okay. And okay. um, another thing that. A lot of Hispanics, I don't know if you, your parents or grandparents do this. Whenever you pass by a graveyard or, or a church, they tend to do the Sign cross, cross thing. Yeah. That's para que no te agarre el aire del muerto. Same thing. So you won't catch any of those bad vibes. Okay. So. <laughs> I used to hold my breath whenever we would drive by cemetery. <laughs> and that's something that is also believed for. Like Oh, really? Yes. I, nobody ever told me that. I was just like little fucking about to pass out because i was like i'm gonna breathe in like death <laughs> yeah that's that's essentially said that's well mortal that means they attach themselves to you uh-huh. and uh the more you fight them the more they manifest themselves and it it can happen every single night for the rest of your life oh no or, yeah um and it doesn't matter where you sleep because i don't know if uh chris uh-huh well, that's his name? Kevin. No, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, Kevin, he can find some comfort by switching spots. Because that's what I would do. I would sleep in different beds. I would go from one bed to the other and it would help. Uh-huh. But they sniff you out. This is very Winchester house. Uh, yeah. 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 So uh, it starts, I don't know if, you know, he'll probably be listening. It starts off, you're going to bed, you're sleepy, and then you feel it come over your body. You Usually me, I lay on my belly. But it's kind of like a extra normal thing that makes you lay on your back. Because I'm sure the majority of the time it happens, he has to be laying on his back. I don't know if he's a person that sleeps on his back, but that's what happens. It gets you, shakes you. Uh, there's tastes, feelings to it. Um, me, I had to get stuff tattooed on me. Yeah. I had to go through a bunch of extreme rituals and... I had a point-breaking dream where the woman that was after me ended up turning into a wolf, chasing me, and I let her straddle me, essentially. Right. And I was in sleep paralysis, as you call it, 
but I was able to let loose and I started choking her. And oh. once I started choking her, she kind of just evaporated. Huh. And from there okay. on out, I, I've been okay. Except for the haunted house, but uh, as far as like the actual, <laughs> except for this whole ass house, <laughs> yeah. But the, as far as the something being on top of me, shadow form, seeing it actually physically manifest around the house, not in dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bed shaking, uh, me feeling restrained. Uh, I used to wake up and it would be next to Jen, and I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, it's a very terrible feeling. I wonder, Kevin, if you have ever had Olympia. Like, that would be interesting, you know? Would that even help him? Again, it it's literally attached to him. So he could go to whatever city he wants to go to. It's going to find him within yeah. the day or two. Huh. Um, it's not a, a place where that's the house or uh, the, the moon or the cycle. It's literally him. him. Right, it's, right. It's, it's him. See, and, and that's where I was going to go with mine, because it could either be one of two things, because that was immediately the thing that I had a, had thought it was, right, was an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And there are accounts of people uh, stating that they they see one of two things, right? It could be one of two things, because it always comes in the form of a lady. Or, uh, you know, other times it could possibly be a male or a child, but more commonly it's a lady. And it's either your astral guider Right. Like it's somebody who's there to protect and guide anybody who is astral projecting. Right. Or having an out of body experience. Mm -hmm. Or it is a spirit within the area that is looking to occupy your body while you're out of your body. So it's one of the two things. Well, mine started when I was about nine in Laredo. Uh And it started off as a unisex black shadow mm-hmm. i couldn't tell if it was a male or female right right it didn't start getting gender qualities up until i reached my teenage years but i think that was just because that's what my mind wanted it to be yeah. <laughs> um and it took hold of that and it ran with it um uh-huh. as far as it went from trying to basically violently choke me to seductively choke me <laughs> Mm. Uh, where it wasn't, you tell, know, tell her to knock on my dreams. No, no, you don't want that. Uh, I actually switched to graveyard jobs just to, to avoid it, to avoid it. And it helped for about a week up until it's like two in the afternoon. I'm taking a nap on the sofa and I can clearly see my parents talking or my mother talking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And this thing's on top of me choking the life out of me. And I'm trying to yell out for help. Hmm. Hmm. Well, broad daylight. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm just like very surprised at Kevin with his uh, taunting of these. Like, t- give me the best you got. <laughs> it, that usually happens. Uh, like I said, we're raised to be tough, and you don't know what's actually out there listening to you. What yeah, is it called? Yeah. Machismo. Mm, uh, it's a. It's been. I'm not, not saying that. That's a, yeah. It, it. I think it's been turned into something negative yeah (laughs) now now it's negative i'm sorry i'm not saying that about you i'm just saying that (laughs) that's 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 what it was before how you're raised generationally to be you know tough it out and that's there's a bunch of guys that i'm pretty sure going through it that don't even speak a word of it you just don't know why that dude stays up late so much and Hmm. you're like man he's just such a night owl maybe that guy just doesn't want to sleep because he doesn't want to 
experience it. You know, that's funny because me, I, I'm not going to say that I don't dream, right? Because I know it's, it's like an impossibility. I know everybody dreams, but I cannot remember a single dream that I, I, I shit you not. I do not remember a damn thing from my dreams. And I don't know if that's more common or uncommon. I don't know. That- I guess it just depends on the person because yeah. I've, for the longest time, I thought there was something wrong with me because I dream in color and people were like, no, it's just always black and white. Really? Yeah. See, so and and I know this is going to be a bit of an over exaggeration because it it really doesn't literally feel like this. But to me, when I go to sleep, I literally feel like I close my eyes and it's a couple of seconds. And when I wake back up, like it's time to go to work or it's time to wake up. Yes. And that's what I mean. It's like you got like it's not just one monster terrorizing you. You got like a whole army, man. <laughs> this is true. This so is true. The fatigue that must be. Like, I'm pretty sure it feels like a blink, like a. <laughs> it, it does, and, and but that, but still, like on a serious note, like yeah, I it it is it is just blackness, right? It is just just nothing. I don't remember dreaming. I don't remember seeing anything i just know that i close my eyes it feels like a few minutes and then i wake up and it's fucking past seven hours or six hours and it's just yeah i would be so pissed if that's how i was yeah you're telling me i i I am pissed i do get pissed (laughs) because it yeah like because my body never feels like it's fully rested (laughs) and that's why i'm saying like i i know it's probably an impossibility not to dream but i feel like i never reach that rem state to where i get restful sleep i see so yeah it's well, just oh, it's terrible well thank you uh crystal and kevin for yeah, sending those are really in good those stories yes. like yeah. I said, yes. that's a really good uh my favorite's always to hear sleep paralysis uh stories mm-hmm. or if you're uh mexican and uh, your parents have been telling you that uh yeah i, I love it it's, <laughs> there's a lot of remedies that are out there for that yeah. Well, um, again, guys, if y'all would like to send in your stories to be read, you can send them to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com and we will read them on the air. And maybe if we start getting more submissions, we'll just do like a user submission episode. Oh, yeah. I, that would be super cool. I, on a lighter note, I read when <laughs> I was trying to get rid of this, I, I read that one guy actually. Um, stayed in his clothes for a week okay like, he like same bathe. canzones too yeah he didn't bathe oh, nothing. i don't understand why well because he was trying to uh test this theory because he went to a curandero and he said that no matter where he went he was gonna find him because he could like essentially smell him oh. it was attached to him like that like okay you know you could you could hide under the bed and it'll find you it could be in a different room close all the doors like a bloodhound yeah oh an- another good thing that uh i'm again i'm not a expert or anything try uh the bedroom that you sleep in mm. try putting salt all over uh, every single exit and then on the windows oh nothing yeah, yeah, will yeah. be able to get through that we have so many exits in our room <laughs> yeah well i did that for a while here at this house i had salt all over the place and i know you were like I still get pissed off when you have the, <laughs> what is it? Um, oh, gosh, the little sticky thingies that you put everywhere and the ash falls on the floor. What? The good smelling stuff. Uh, oh, the incense? Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna buy a bunch of incense uh, <laughs> holders or something. Oh, but anyways, yeah, that that might help out, chest it out. But anyways, this guy got his clothes, slept in it for a week, and uh, he bathed himself. And they told him to bathe himself con agua de chile, essentially okay. like uh, peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you put them in water, and that was his bath. Now you're not rubbing yourselves with the peppers, so that's not. You're you're not rubbing the you're just dousing yourself in the water. Yeah, and that warded it off. And he put a couple mirrors in the area, and he says that he witnessed this apparition beeline it to the clothes and basically bypass him as he didn't sleep. It appeared to him. He saw it. He wasn't entranced by it, and he was able to make the complete gruesome physical accounts of it went into there it caught a glimpse of itself in the mirror shattered the mirrors and it still continued to haunt him but he was at least <laughs> wow able, okay. he was able to see it and confirm it uh, which terrified him even more um, <laughs> yeah which i don't yeah. recommend but it was like a, a thing that he didn't want to believe the the curandero that was treating him for guys it. i'm not yeah. gonna sleep at all tonight <laughs> oh, <laughs> i'm gonna man. be so scared well, we're going to jump into our urban legends now. Yeah. So. Well, mine is... Uh, so, I'm, I'm, y'all guys are going to be so tired of listening to my voice. All right. So, my urban legend is... My favorite urban legend is La Llorona, but I've spoken <laughs> about her before on the podcast numerous times. Even she's like, shut up already. I know. She's like, just keep You're my so name obsessed. out of your You're mouth. You're so obsessed with me. I know. <laughs> So instead of doing La Llorona again, Donkey Lady's fiends are very hurt right now. I did her a story on her too, um, but I am gonna see, do. See, she doesn't even talk about me. She just <laughs> goes over me. I feel like that we could hear her nails clicking <laughs> as she eats her little takis. This bitch. Yes, exactly. It's Llorona this, Llorona that. Never Donkey Lady. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so I am doing my urban legend on the elevator game, which is actually a very recent urban legend. I was about to say, never heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. Oh, well, maybe it's because, like, all I do is listen to paranormal stuff that I already knew what this was. Do you have to do the floss when you, like, are you flossing (laughs) in the elevator? I don't understand. The dance. The dance. What? The one that all the kids were doing like two years ago. I don't know what you're talking no. about. I'm God, sorry. You were. Oh, yeah. wow. like, how do you know the elevator game, but not that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm way more obsessed with spooky stuff than, sorry, than some dance. The floss can be spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Carry on then. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just like the bloody floss that you use on your teeth after you have it like flossed <laughs> after a year. <laughs> well, Jennifer, just keep with your story. <laughs> This is not the dental hygiene <laughs> <Yeah>. chat. <laughs> Sorry. The caca floss that's in uh, the G-strings of strippers <laughs> at the Rainbow Lounge. No, thank you. Which I think is our titty twister, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No shit. There's a vampire hive right behind it. Thank God. Jesse has given me this theory before, but we are not going to delve into that today. If you guys want me to give you my theory as... <laughs> The Gogo Rainbow Lounge is our kitty twister. And you have stories and you've seen these vampire ladies. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, th- these are probably very old vampire ladies because they kept the lights down real dark. And I remember feeling, you know, like something weird Wait, on her been belly. Inside there? Fuck yeah, I have. Oh. I, I, 
been in there once and I was like literally once. like this is the titty twister. <laughs> and literally yeah, you're like oh, it no, smells yeah. like it. You're like what is this is tarantino's vision yeah. right here <laughs> yeah it, the lights were dark and i was getting a lap dance and i felt something weird on i her. got like, no lap dance <laughs> but when danny trejo offered me a drink <laughs> i took it i was like i'm just gonna take one man yeah was was holding this uh one dancer and felt something weird on her ribs and when they turned the lights on it was a stab wound i was like what the fuck <laughs> i was about to say if it was hard that's not a that wasn't a female dancer <laughs> She had a scar from a stab wound. It's I was like, that serious? Fucking, uh, what's that meme with Jonah Hill where he's uh, when you're partying on the south side and then he's like, uh, when did I get stabbed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I feel yeah, like every yeah. every episode I bring up a meme. I'm sorry. This is what I'm about, about memes and spooky shit. Okay. Spooky meme shit. Yeah. So anyways, the elevator game. So, the Elevator Game, also known as Elevator Game to Otherworld, is a new popular game that either originated in South Korea or Japan. In this game, players are given a specific set of instructions to follow, alone in the elevator. They must follow the directions precisely, or else this game will not work. And if the game does work, if they stray away from these directions, they put themselves in danger. There are multiple YouTube videos of people playing the elevator game with the most ridiculous thumbnails and clickbaity titles. If you want to go uh, search them, they're there. And there is actually one real life incident that is connected to the game. So let me tell you the instructions, though, how to play the elevator game. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> so rules to the game. There has to be an elevator with a minimum of 10 floors. Obviously. And then do not get out on any of the floors. If someone gets on the elevator with you, you have to restart the game. Oh, that sucks. The yeah. game could go on forever. <laughs> well, so here's tips to the game. When messing with the paranormal, your phones and electronic devices may not work. So make sure someone knows where you are. You may become disoriented or forget which elevator you arrived in. Try to stay focused. It's the only way out. If you pass out or faint, you might wake up at home. But make sure you're really at home. It could be the spirit world in disguise. Ooh. Again, say nothing to the strange woman you see. Don't even look at her. All right, so these are the steps. Step one, enter the elevator alone on the first floor. Step two, go to the fourth floor. Step three, Go to the second floor. Okay. Step four, go to the sixth floor. Step five, go back to the second floor. Step six, go to the tenth floor. Step seven, go to the fifth floor. This is the floor that you have the possibility of meeting a woman. If she does appear, it is extremely important not to speak to her, look at her, or have any type of interaction with her. She might try to interact with you by speaking to you or asking for help or even antagonize you. It is still of the utmost importance to not give her any type of attention or your energy. Step 8. Return to the first floor. If the elevator actually goes down to the first floor and opens its doors, exit immediately. Don't look around, don't speak to anyone, and exit the building. That will be the end of the game for you. 
if the elevator does not go to the first floor but goes to the 10th floor. That is when you are being allowed into the other world. Ooh. Yeah. yeah th- I mean, this was interesting because I was uh, – most of these 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 games that I hear of, uh-huh. there is an incentive to playing the game, right? Like you are going to walk away with something. Oh, there's uh, no incentive here. See, and Yeah, and that's what I was <laughs> waiting for. Uh, well, I guess the incentive would be to explore the, the other world. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, continue. So when the doors open, your surroundings will look somewhat normal but will just be off. You're allowed to get off of the elevator to explore. Usually no one will be around. Sometimes the power will be out. Some players that are able to see out of windows report to see only a red cross in the distance. Hmm. Here is also when you can encounter the woman again from the fifth floor. It is still important to ignore her and disregard any attempts she makes to try and speak with you or stop you. If you choose to stay in the elevator after arriving to the 10th floor and want to end the game, you have to go back to the first floor. Sometimes you'll have to repeatedly press the first floor button if the elevator is non-responsive. If you were brave and decided to explore the 10th floor, there are specific rules and steps again to exit the other world. You must use the same elevator you arrived to that floor in. Start the same sequence of visiting the f- same floors you did earlier. Visiting floors 4, then 2, then 6, then 2, then 10, then the 5th floor. After you arrive to the 5th floor is when you can attempt to go back to the 1st floor. If the elevator chooses to ignore your command to go to the 1st floor and starts ascending back to the 10th floor, you need to press other floor numbers to try and stop the elevator before you get to the 10th floor. Wherever you end up, you have to go back to the first floor. When you reach the first floor, before exiting the elevator, observe your surroundings to make sure that nothing is off. If something is not right, go back to the floor, back to floor four, and then back to the first. Repeat this process until the real world is back on the first floor. That is when it will finally be safe to exit the elevator. That's too cool. Man, that, that just sounds like a whole lot of something for you know, something. I'm going to have to bring that back and I'm, like, I'm going to have to use a highlighter to make sure yeah. I'm not skipping I steps. Like, I, I felt like I was in the other world just going up and down that <laughs> elevator in my mind. I was all like... Okay, so there is it are, a disorienting game? <laughs> it, it seems like it. So there are some really creepy accounts people have shared on Reddit that is pretty easy to find if you just Google it. If you're interested in it, I would recommend going to read it. There are even accounts of meeting this mysterious woman from the first or the fifth floor. All right. And just a quick, very condensed version of the supposed real life connection for the elevator game. Um, This is something that is connected to this case. Is it the tower one? Oh, where the the girl killed herself in the water tower? Yeah. Oh, Uh, Oh, so that was... That's... So they say... It's speculated. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so... Interesting. That's like the first connection I drew to it. Yeah. Yeah, So... I I mean, it was in the back of my head, but... Yeah. So, Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old tourist staying at the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA in 2013. She was there on a trip alone when she disappeared. Less than a month after her disappearance, after the hotel received complaints of low water pressure and a strange color and taste to the water, the hotel had the water tanks checked. Inside, they found the body of Elisa Lam. 
Her death was ruled an accidental drowning, but the circumstances of her death were mysterious and have become a popular topic in the true crime community. How the elevator game fits into this is the last footage of Lamb found. Uh, oh God, was uh, the last footage of Lamb found on the hotel security cameras is of her in an elevator acting very strangely. The footage is only around two minutes long. She can be seen pushing numerous buttons, notably not the order for the elevator game. Despite her pressing buttons, she steps out of the elevator to look around while the elevator stays there and does not move or close its doors. She seems at points to be hiding in the corner of the elevator, looking around the elevator doors to see if someone is coming. She returns back into the elevator, presses numerous more buttons, but when the doors continue to not close or the elevator move, she finally leaves. Who's to say she wasn't trying to get back to the first floor of this elevator? Yeah, I mean, this may have been after the sequences that she's already done. Yeah, Uh, and during her time on the elevator, she looks confused, disoriented, and somewhat scared. She also seems to be talking to someone that cannot be seen. And so that is, um, so that's how she or her death is connected to the elevator game. I personally don't think that that is what happened. I think that there was, that she was somehow murdered or something because if you look into the circumstances of her death it just it makes no sense right Um, right but yeah that was the elevator game cool yeah i like it yeah for hearing it for the first time yeah very cool yeah there's a lot of steps but (laughs) i mean personally i don't think i could ever play that game just because (laughs) you're gonna forget something (laughs) yeah i wouldn't even be able to get through that first sequence (laughs) What was I supposed to do again? Yeah. (laughs) All righty. So, Jesse, you're going next, right? Yes, I do. I have a... My urban legend is something a little bit more archetypical for Hispanics is uh, making a deal with the devil or encountering the devil or something demonic in that form. We have all heard various stories told to us by family members. The devil that appeared at the nightclub. Um, yeah, yeah. Making the deal with the devil and uh, El Charro Negro. Uh, constantly haunted for making this deal. But what if you could document it? What if uh, you could look back and see something like this? Actually hear it with audio and video. Cool. What would you think about it? Well, this exact same same case is actually documented, and there's actual video evidence of it. Um, Not anything doctored, not anything out of the ordinary, just a couple, or no, I would say a group of uh, paranormal chat investigators. The godfather, I guess you would say, of uh, paranormal (laughs) chat in uh, Mexico. Let's chat paranormal. Yeah, let's chat paranormal. Uh, His name is... uh, Juan Ramon signs. And if you are Hispanic and you were lucky enough to listen to a couple of his uh, broadcasts from La Mano Peluda, he has a following called the Peluda Maniacs. <laughs> and they would call avidly to his show to tell him their encounters, always with a kind and very understanding personality. That's why he was very loved and revered because uh, it he would get calls from everybody from high class officials to lower class people. And he would always take their call and he would always listen respectfully and 
never disrespect them in their calls. Uh, he started somewhere around uh, 2002 with his broadcast, but mm. he was a telecommunications graduate and mm. he never intended to jump into this. It was kind of forced on him <laughs> and he loved it so much that he ran with it All right. and embraced it very much as most Hispanics do when they feel <laughs> that tingling in the back of their uh, spine. So uh, this is a very renowned case and it can be found on YouTube and everywhere. It's his case called Josue. Uh, he had had a lot of cases for demonic possession and demonic entities attacking people ever so much that you could actually hear the demonic presence in the phone calls cool. where he would have to, cause this was a live show. So he would have to cut it because he didn't want it to transmit through to the radio waves to his listeners. That's exactly like what I was thinking right now. Like I would hate to like become possessed because I was fucking listening to a radio he, show. He took <laughs> such consideration and people would call him a coward for it. Wow. But he would tell them that you guys don't understand the power of these entities carrying right, across, right. giving them that type of um, broadcast. Because he would always say that's why when exorcisms are recorded, their tapes are never released. Mm -hmm. It's strictly for research purposes because it stays in the tapes. Right. But this was the case of Josue. So, uh, again, around 2002, he got a call from this one gentleman calling himself Josue. Uh, he was, you know, very distraught at the time, kind of confessing to him that he grew up in a not so well background and all he could think of is getting rich at any means necessary. So he thought always to himself, if I could make a deal with the devil, I would take it in a heartbeat oh, to sure. get the money that I wanted. Yeah. After numerous attempts, nothing he would try everything in the book to make a deal with the devil. Never once had he appeared to him. Up until he actually got a couple of mediocre jobs and was able to save up enough money to see some actually high-ranked people that were in esoterical and magical properties. Mm -hmm. They guided him to a book. He had to learn a couple of different languages, which he gladly took German, Aramaic, and Latin, which the book that was given to him, he did a couple of rituals to call a demon called Lucifugo Roficali. And much to his dismay, nothing happened. <laughs> uh, he was very disheartened up until one day he is getting back from his mediocre job to his house and he encounters his mom being attacked viciously by a hog. What the, what fuck? the fuck? Yes. So, again, the mother does recall the fact that she was attacked by this hog and she blacked out. She complies with it. But what she doesn't say is that what he says happened next was that this hog stood up on two legs and started to speak to him. Oh, what the fuck? I am what you've been waiting for. Stand back on his four legs and led him to a cave 
what I forgot to mention, he lives in California, outskirts of Baja, Mexico, California. Okay. okay. Then into a cave where he instructed the young man to wait for 21 days in there and endure the multiple entities that would come and torment him and offer him stuff. He did all for the prospect of being extremely wealthy and well set. Right. Uh, he did. And at the 21th day in that, a spirit appeared to him, Lucifugo Roficali, and said, it is me. I'm here. This is the ring that you're going to wear. It is to be worn on your left hand. And you're going to get everything you ever wanted. To which the young man agreed to wholeheartedly in okay. a heartbeat. He said, there's going to be a couple of circumstances and stipulations. The soul was one of them. He was terrified of that. So he said, no, I, I cannot do that. And he says, well, would you be able to exchange someone's soul? And he said, oh, yes, shit. yes, I would. He said, fine, then. <laughs> um, it has to be someone that you love, a family member. Which two he gave an immediate answer of yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> he had not decided who his family member was that he was going to sacrifice to him. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he wanted out bad. Uh, so, after much deliberation, this is all recorded on air. Uh, he's tearing up, remembering from it. So he tells him, yeah. I thought about my mom and said how terrible she was to me and how much I hated her. But I couldn't come myself to do it. My brothers and sisters, I didn't get along with them, but... Again, I couldn't come myself to do it. Then I thought about my grandmother. She had lived her life already. She didn't need her life anymore. She had given what she had. So, wholeheartedly, I told him, my grandmother, that's who I will give you. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> Lucy Fogo says, if that's who you want, we'll do it. I said, well, how? I don't want to go to jail. He goes, you won't. And he goes, well... What do you want me to do? He goes, I want you to cut her up, slice her up. And he the goes, fuck? I will for sure go to jail once they find her body. He's like, no. Uh, he goes, put this chemical on her that I will give you. Suffocate her with it and then complete the ritual and everything will be okay. So he follows it, suffocates her, murders her. He basically says on her, I murdered my own grandmother. And when the paramedic showed up, after I had called him, she was clean. It was of natural cause. Oh, shit. So they said, your grandmother died of natural cause. Shortly after that, um, he came into contact with the spirit and he had a stipend of money that was given to him. Mm. Uh, his directions were that it was never to be spent on anything good or charitable. Hmm. Always on pleasurable things, drugs, money, women, cars. You have to basically sin. <laughs> yeah. You have to sin. Yeah. Everything terrible and or buying or greedy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he would be gravely punished. And he had to spend that money by the end of the day in order to receive that same money the next day. Which he followed to a T. Did they give an amount? Yes. Uh, he breaks it down. In the broadcast to when he was receiving it to what it would amount to when he gave the call from <clears throat> Mexican pesos to U.S. currency. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a very substantial amount. 
uh, it grew to the point where he didn't even know what to spend it on anymore. Because, you know, he was just like, I already have a house. I already have this. I already have that. I already have women and drugs. I, I don't know what I'm spending on some other days. I just try to spend it so I don't get it. Uh, so he was going to go price some more property. George where he encountered a man that uh, was telling him about some hardships that he had gone with his family and whatnot. And tugging at his heartstrings, he gave him money. Oh, no. To which, inadvertently, when he returned back to his hacienda or house that was there, a woman was waiting for him. He had never seen her before. Uh, and he only described her as being very lanky, long, dark hair, pale, with a very big mouth <laughs> and a very hell? long tongue. Whoa. And on the broadcast of the radio she is presently there with him what the fuck and he is telling she's right here looking at me and she won't leave me alone she keeps scratching at me and telling me why why did i do that why didn't i listen to him and that she's not gonna go away until i've been punished jesus um he has some texts that he has from the witchcraft books that he uses to kind of keep her at bay but throughout the whole broadcast uh juan ramon signs in the priests that are on there with them try to help them by doing some kind of psalms readings which are to no help to him uh he confesses to them that he does not want to have this boon with the devil anymore but that he has to travel to another area to kind of talk to them because he's being tortured at the point where he ends up getting stabbed by a crucifix on radio oh shit <laughs> and he's not hurt from towards where Juan Ramon Sainz takes it upon himself based upon the location and the information that was given to him to go find him. Because this has become an intense broadcast. People are worried. They're, they're calling in trying to figure out if Josue is good. He goes. He finds the house. No one's there. He carries around with his regular broadcast as usual. So he finally gets a call from him. Telling him everything that had happened. Pleading for his life. Saying if there's anybody that could help him. Uh, to his dismay, no one's able to help him. And a couple of more broadcasts happen and he leaves it at that. This man is continuously haunted by this boom pact that he made with the devil. Right. Juan Ramon Sides continues his legacy as one of the big paranormal guys in mexico he follows multiple cases he goes from on radio to tv personality uh spanning a good amount this is around 2002 well he gets a call for an update around Sorry. 2011 from this same guy Josue. it's like 10 years right to do an update yes oh shit and he goes, yeah, I would more than lovely like love to do a update. And he goes, okay, I have some stipulations. What the fuck? And he's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, we cannot do our broadcast uh, on any land. And which two replies, what do you mean? He goes, it has to be in a boat in the middle of a body of water. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm not talking about like a fancy boat. This is a canoe. You can go on and see the video where they do it. Um. Which, too, he 
you know, he's known this guy, he's heard him suffering, so he's gonna give him an update. So he's more than happy to hear how's this guy doing if he finally yeah. broke through, if he was able to defeat this thing. To his dismay, this Satanist shows up after he says he's destroyed the ring and the other broadcast that he wants nothing else to do with it, with his left hand covered in a black glove. That'll be a very particular incident that carries across for some speculation later on with a bag full of items that were part of his pack with the devil which the cameraman uh the mic director another guy and him are in the boat he proceeds to tell him about all these artifacts asking them all to touch them and at some point shakes everybody's hand with his ungloved hand but when he shakes Juan Ramon Sainz's hand it's clearly shown on video he shakes his hand with the gloved hand he's the only one to get his hand shaken by that which at some point in the interview the man starts to convulse which worries everybody throughout the whole video interview you can see Juan Ramon Sainz holding his chest not in pain but as some kind of small anguish or something the interview ends. He says he's pretty much done with it, but you know, he still gets apparitions or whatnot happen to him. Yeah. Him and his videographers go back to the hotel and they're kind of amazed. They're like, this is a great paranormal <laughs> shoot. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah. And he goes, I don't feel so well. And he goes, Well, are you okay? He goes, Yeah, it's nothing much. He goes, My stomach just hurts. I'm gonna go to the hospital real quick. Yeah. <laughs> And he goes, okay, well, you know, just let me know. if He's like, no, no, this is going to be amazing. He goes, it's set to air in a couple of days, blah, blah. Well, that was the last day Juan Ramon Sainz was alive. Oh, shit. It was the case that actually killed him? He went to the hospital that same day and was uh, diagnosed with some kind of deadly bacterial stomach disease. And it killed him. Wow. The same thing happened to his cameranographer, the guy that was... uh doing the program with him a couple of days later after that suffered a debilitating accident that left him paralyzed jesus and the priest that was present during this whole incident was also killed or died my bad wow um which led to one of the in charge production people go halt we cannot air this episode there's too much on the line right now and it would be insensitive towards where the tv said TV program of TV Azteca said, well, it's too late. It's airing already. Mm-hmm. Um, they only added a small disclaimer saying that he had passed away and that they don't know if this was due to the case or of anything natural. Uh, to which uh, this day, people still view that video and <laughs> they can see clearly and surely, which is speculated that this person that had become a CEO for one of the biotech companies in Mexico, very uh, wealthy, was already coming at the end of his contract and needed to give up more lives to continue his lifestyle that he had appropriately wished to continue. So, yeah, that's my my story with the deal with the devil. Yeah. Too cool. Alright, well, Jesse had actually shown me this before. And the audio was actually really fucking creepy. Really? Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but, like, if you do, like, search the audio on YouTube, it's there for the radio broadcast. And it you can literally hear the other person in the background. And 
just listening to it is is definitely like fucking uh spine tingling as they say <laughs> but um yeah it's fucking creepy as shit yeah like i said they have an uh he always had a a, a pastor with them or a priest yeah. when he was doing the broadcast just because he knew what entailed and uh, yeah it, it gets pretty intense like i i've literally cut it down like this is multiple calls over multiple weeks yeah, yeah of him yeah. you know telling them too cool their stories i, I yeah. gotta go look this up yeah i gotta go like definitely up. it's all in spanish so if you guys don't speak spanish or don't understand spanish it's gonna be very hard you to get a copy of it that just like subtitles yeah. or something yeah. i feel like you don't need to speak spanish to understand or like hear the fear <laughs> in their fucking voice yeah. and like i said this is a very well-renowned well-known uh paranormal investigator broadcaster through the whole process uh he has multiple uh cases that he's gone from anywhere from cryptids to aliens and he's not your run of the mill dumb type of guy like he's very baggins. well yeah he's not a baggins he doesn't push uh there's he gets a lot of pushback especially in his demonic cases where it's on the air and he cuts it mm -hmm. and uh people would call angry or message you know because this is in the 90s 2000s and they would be like you're such a coward for not taking this case oh, mm -hmm. shit. uh yeah they would call him out they're like you're a coward you keep talking about yeah, big yeah. this this and that and he would tell them i the first off the lady never asked for help i can't go to this lady and tell her hey i'm here to exercise you or i'm here to with a thousand priests to help you he goes i can't go and help somebody who doesn't want help right 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 uh, we've offered her or offered the cases an ex uh, an olive branch and if they don't take it we don't pursue it because yeah that's not our style we don't impose ourselves on them. yeah we're yeah. here to listen to your story offer you advice if you take it and you know go from there yeah because yeah. you would get a lot of people that would also be like well i know this guy who's an awesome exorcist and you would have to tell him like i he might you might know him but i don't and i yeah, can't yeah, yeah. offer medical or you know that kind of advice mm -hmm. to my listeners if i don't know these people yeah, yeah. it's very ethical yeah yeah absolutely very cool all right. Too cool. Yeah. So, I am actually, I just had an epiphany. Uh-huh. I actually want to propose to you because we're running on an hour and a half right now. Okay. How about the next episode, we cut it right here. Okay. And the next episode, we do my urban legend, uh -huh. which ties into the Kukui and okay. the actual history behind, because essentially, <coughs> this figure every culture has one uh -huh. baba yaga uh krampus uh everybody has a boogeyman to the children okay so i propose doing a origin story on mexico and this tie-in of urban legend to this okay for the next episode i'm about it because I, I know you're really going to enjoy the because i was going to tell you about hachi shakusama Okay. She is the eight foot tall woman. Oh shit! And oh. she uh, is a Japanese spirit demon that kidnaps children to feast on them. Oh fuck! Well, first off, like 
Good job on pronouncing that. But okay, I'm about <laughs> that. Like fuck yeah. Yes, because it's it's uh actually not known. So uh, well, I mean, of course, our uh, Mexican community is probably going to be very, very, very aware of who the cuckoo is. Yeah. <laughs> but did you know there is actually true history? They're all. What are you it. talking about? My uncle Rudy calls <laughs> <laughs> the cuckoo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's actually history behind it because there was an actual uh, child murderer in Mexico that this may have stemmed from. It sounds terrible. I did not know that. I thought just Cucuy was... No, but it stems from a lot of stuff. Like they got the El Chamuco, El Robachicos, well, El those are, los Sacos. Those all. are all different names for the same character. Yeah. Uh, Cuco... Uh, oh man, I, I forgot the other like couple that I, I heard also. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I want to do this for y'all. Okay. I'm about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to make you poop and poop. Spooked and pooped. <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh, thank you, Chris, uh, for your submission. Crystal was, and Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Thank y'all both very yeah, much. You guys did amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what do you mean they did amazing? Well, <laughs> like, like that's we're complimenting them on being tormented by no, like their spirits. actual like <laughs> writing style is very clear and concise. Oh and, yeah, like, absolutely. I was just um, joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for being very clear and concise about your your uh, your experiences because I know that sometimes that uh, gets lost in translation. Yeah, we'll exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, thank you again for sending in those submissions. Um, if you want to send in your own story, send it to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com and we will go ahead and read that for you on yeah. air. Again, go ahead and state who you want them to read. Yeah. Uh, it might be a little bit different for me because don't use big words. <laughs> Says the person that said flabbergasted earlier. <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. Oh, gosh. Teleprompter does that we're, for me. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a comparison side by side on notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you guys are gonna see this oh man with my my ipad compared to jesse's little like half a page and there's so, like a drawing so on we, it so we, we meet at denny's right to discuss the episode and we get him a grand slam and he was writing his notes on the little paper that he colors on actually i want to say it's more like the rain man i am doing it all in the air <laughs> as per my notes i don't get the reference but okay <laughs> you remember the hangover where alan's like doing the math and all oh, the numbers yeah, are going yeah, yeah. through there that's a meme now oh okay well then the meme or the gif yeah see how the little notes but i just gave you all this content <laughs> yeah. i was rain manning you right now oh cool <laughs> all right so you can send in your stories to be read on the podcast at let's chat paranormal at gmail.com you can find us uh on september 18th at the victoria's black swan inn paranormal fest uh it's gonna be from 6 to 11 me and eric will be there go ahead and stop by and say hi we're gonna have some goodies for y'all and you can uh, go ahead and rate, subscribe, and share with us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean, and wherever else we're at. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I hope everybody's excited for next week's episode because I, actually, I, I like mid episode, I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for uh, listening in this week. We hope uh, that you enjoyed it, and we hope to see you next week. So thank you again and have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye.